This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Damian Bolwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, Coronavirus in Wine Country. One of our favorite guests is here, Chronicle wine critic Esther Mobley. She's going to talk about the pandemic's impact on the industry that she covers, including whether farm workers are being kept safe and how tasting rooms are trying to cope. Esther, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me, Damien. It's great to be back. So Esther, I have to say I'm a little jealous because the last time you were on the show was with our former boss, Audrey Cooper. You guys were literally tasting wine during the podcast. <laughs> we can't we even be in get the back same in room. the studio. Yeah, no, I've got wine with your name on it. Oh, okay. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Hopefully it'll be sooner <laughs> uh, rather than later. Um, so Esther, before we, we get into what the wineries are doing to cope, um, I have heard that people are drinking a lot more wine at this time. Is that accurate? Yes. If you have any kind of anecdotal sense of this, you know, you're drinking more in quarantine and you wonder whether other people are drinking more in quarantine, the answer is everyone seems to be drinking a lot more alcohol of all sorts, not just wine. But um, at first, like in March, early April, uh, we didn't really know whether that there was kind of a stocking up hoarding mentality kind of in the same moment when everyone was buying way too much toilet paper where was there just going to be a run on the liquor aisle at the store um and certainly uh there were higher increases then in uh alcohol sales in the u.s at retail but um the the numbers have stayed pretty high so since covid began um Wine has seen a 23% increase in volume sales over the previous year and an almost 28% jump in dollar value. Um, and spirits, you know, people are making a lot of these quarantinis, cocktails at home, have seen even bigger jumps with a 34% jump in uh, value over the previous period last year. So um, Americans are drinking. Wow. And is it is it accurate? that more people prefer during the pandemic to drink wine straight from the bottle. <laughs> uh, you know, we, Nielsen doesn't track that, oh. <laughs> but um, I have to imagine it's the case. Okay. I know you don't do that. Uh, so let's talk about how this impacts uh, the wineries that you cover. I know you've been spending a lot of time. Um, I know you've been talking to them. I'm not sure if, how much you've been out there, but, but how, how have wineries coped? How are they handling their, their businesses? It's really been a roller coaster. So um, at the beginning of this, I mean, it's, gosh, it's hard to believe how far into this we are, this quarantine. Um, it was really an unknown for the California wine industry, which is an enormous industry here. Uh, you know, tasting rooms immediately had to close. People didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, wineries were initially at a real disadvantage because up until uh, now, online wine sales kind of meaning like if you go to a winery's website and buy 
wine directly from it. I'm not talking about if you're buying from BevMo online, but just from the winery, represented on average only about 3% of sales for your average smallish California winery. So there was really a big kind of business model uh, problem there. Um, now, of course, tasting rooms are starting to open in various ways. They were allowed to be more open uh, recently, and then we've rolled back on some of the permissions. Um, right now, tasting rooms can't be allowed um, to open for indoor seating. But, um, you know, so that's, I think, a, a big saving grace for a lot of these businesses. But the increase in overall drinking and wine sales doesn't really tell the full story for what's happening for a lot of California wineries, especially small, independent, family-owned California wineries. The rise in uh, alcohol sales has largely been at stores. And when you think about the wines that are represented at your average kind of big box retail store, they're the big big wine brands. Sure. So the wineries that really depend on selling their wine in restaurants or selling their wine directly to consumers, which largely happens through tasting rooms and their wine clubs and where their their business is really built on having people come and visit and get to know them and see their place and see their story. Those are the wineries that have really felt this most acutely. Well, let's talk about this idea of tasting because you said that they could do tasting now outdoors in most places but not indoors. But this is sort of confusing enough that I know you were you were sort of running it down all week and making sure you understood all of the different challenges, right? Yeah, well, so um, different counties have had different rules, of course, with the everything coronavirus shutdown related. And um, some counties still weren't allowing tasting rooms to open for indoor uh, tastings, but some were. And um, I mean, if you've been to, Damien, you live in wine country, but... A lot of people probably imagine a lot of wineries as operating outdoors anyway, and this is a time of year when a lot of people visiting wineries would probably want to sit outdoors. So um, yeah, when Governor Newsom on Monday announced that all wineries in California would have to close for indoor tastings, I, it, it certainly affected some, but a lot of, a lot of wineries were going to keep people outdoors anyway. The um, big issues now are the heat. I mean, tasting wine outside, if it's pushing 100 degrees, as it can in a lot of California wine regions, can be difficult for you as the visitor. It can be maybe dangerous for the staff who have to be outside in that heat all day. And, you know, it's really not good for the wine. (laughs) Not everyone's main concern, maybe, but um, if you have a a fine red wine that's sitting in 100-degree heat for an hour, it's really not going to taste very good. Yeah. But, you know, it's also, it feels like part of the the trouble for wineries is the back and forth and, and then the idea of sort of changing their operation and maybe not knowing if next week it's going to change again. Yeah. And for the employees at these places that don't know whether it's a wise bet to get off unemployment or to come back to work and are they going to, you know, is coming back to work, does it feel safe for them? Does it feel pleasant for them if they're wearing a mask and feeling like they're having to keep away from guests? So, I mean, some wineries are having people sign liability waivers when they come to visit. Um, and that feels really weird. Like a wine tasting is not the kind of place where you want to have to think about that sort of a thing. Um, so, 
it's a weird it's a weird situation okay one more question esther before we take a break if someone wants to head up to the to the wine country um and and taste um what should they do should they go um do they need to make a different kind of reservation in advance Everyone should plan on definitely having to make a reservation. If you're trying to go to outdoor restaurants right now or really anything outside of your own home, you're probably getting used to having to make reservations. But yeah, virtually everyone is uh, requiring that. Um, and you might just want to call a winery beforehand and kind of talk through them with them what their COVID policies are, what they're going to expect of you when you visit. And, you know, they're going to ask you to wear a mask. They're going to ask you to practice social distancing. They might require that you uh, only come to visit with someone who's in your own household. They don't want people from various households coming and convening at their place of business. So uh, it's really partially for your safety and also for theirs. I would just, no one's going to be angry or find it annoying if you call and ask for more information right now. Okay. And drinking straight out of the bottle, is that, uh, no? <laughs> they might, the wineries might have a little bit of a so. problem with that. All right. Let's take a quick break. This is Fifth Admission here with wine critic Esther Mobley. Be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Welcome back to Fifth Admission. I'm Damian Bulwa joined by Esther Mobley, our wine critic. And we're talking about the pandemic's impact on the big wine industry in California and particularly in places like Sonoma County and Napa Valley. Um, I know we want to talk about farm workers because the harvest is coming up, right? Um, the pandemic has really hit frontline workers hard, um, really disproportionately. What is the situation right now um, with, the, with field workers and, and all the people that kind of make this industry go? So we know there have been outbreaks of coronavirus among uh, farm workers who work in California vineyards already. Uh, we don't actually have as much information as we would like. Our colleague, Danielle Echeverria, has a story out this week, um, a great story about that and some of the challenges they're facing. But um, we know that uh, there have been outbreaks, especially among groups of farm workers who live together and might often, in many cases, live in close quarters um, and might carpool to work together. So there's a lot of um, people in different families who are kind of put in close quarters. Really, um, what's happened, the worst probably is yet to come because at this point in the season, the work that's required in a vineyard can be done a little more spaced out. Uh, but as harvest approaches, which tends to come, it can really vary, of course, the timing, but we really start to experience it in August here in Northern California. Uh, there's going to, it's going to be a lot harder to keep workers far apart. And by the way, farm workers are essential workers. So they've been legally in California allowed to work this entire time throughout the quarantine. So it does seem like a dynamic where, and we, I, our colleagues have reported this, uh, in big operations for garlic and other crops uh, further south. But, you know, on one hand, you can distance um, in the fields. Usually you can distance even sometimes in manufacturing. Um, but it seems to really speak to to the 
to the realities of some of these workers and the way they get to work and the way they live, the wages? Yeah, I mean, what an employer can mandate about employees while they're working is like a relatively short uh, period of time in their day. Ultimately, when you consider how they're getting to work, how they're living, what they're doing with their free time, I mean, it's not, those concerns aren't unique to farm workers. But um, yeah, I mean, a vineyard in one sense, hey, it's outdoors, you can spread out. Um, but uh, just the the other kind of circumstances of life and, of course, equitable wages are a huge part of how, you know, what resources do these workers have to live in safe conditions and to live, uh, you know, not with a whole group of people. Um, those are those are big hurdles and ones that are certainly going to be a lot harder to address than just installing hand sanitizing stations around a vineyard. Yeah, and even the dynamic of, of the, the wineries tend to pay, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, a little more than, than some of the uh, Central Valley farm jobs, but that can lead to longer commutes. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this th these problems are uh, deep and certainly not new as of the time of COVID nineteen. I mean, um, in Napa Valley, for instance, where grapes can command the highest prices in the state, um, a farm worker at the peak of harvest, because um, often people are paid based on how much they pick, not based on their hours. Um, I've, I've heard that they can make as much as $45 an hour. That's quite a lot. And, um, so, but it's still really hard to afford living in Napa County where housing prices are really high. So you have a lot of people commuting from places like Stockton, those long commutes then force more people to commute together. And you have these large carpools of coworkers. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, it's a really tricky situation. And, uh, I think the impact of, COVID-19 on people's ability to travel from further afield, I mean, uh, that we're, we're still waiting to see the full impact of that because wineries, as a lot of agricultural sectors in California, depend on things like H-2A visas, bringing in international workers every year to help with the busiest season. I can't let you go, Esther, before I ask you about your job. I'm, I'm, uh, you know that I'm very fascinated with um, everyone's job at the paper in the time of the coronavirus. I'm fascinated with yours, Damien. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, not that interesting. Um, but, I mean, how has your job changed? Um, you know, are you still, I know you like to get out and uh, see a lot of people, and I know you like to taste a lot of wine. Um, how has your job changed? Well, um, yeah, I mean, in normal times, the coolest part of my job, I think, is that I'm out and about a lot, as are a lot of our colleagues at the Chronicle. We're reporters, and that's what we love to do. So normally, I'd I'd probably be driving up to wine country, whether that's Napa, Sonoma, or Santa Cruz Mountains, or Lodi, or who knows where, maybe once a week. Um, and I think since March, I've done that maybe three, four times total. So I certainly miss that liveliness, that direct interaction with people. Um, I am tasting a lot of wine at home. And I would say the largest <laughs> impact of the coronavirus on my life is just that my apartment is now flooded with wine, where I normally could keep it at the Chronicle, where we have a really nice wine cellar. Um, I have stacks of boxes piled up behind my couch. And um, my fiance did just build an additional wine rack to help with some of the mm. overflow. Wow. So no one feels sorry for me, I know, but um, hey, listen, it, we have a small San Francisco apartment, and 
uh, we don't we don't have room for a whole wine cellar. <laughs> oh, I feel so terrible for you. <laughs> Esther, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Damien. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle Wine Critic Esther Mobley, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. <laughs>